Well, good morning and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Spreaker Radio Network and simulcasting on Jitsi and free conference call. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. And this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of the competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's lots of information about that. We've got downloadable flyers and brochures. There's a link to YouTube playlist that has over 120 videos talking about the technology, how it's used, and testimonials from people all over the planet who are having fantastic life-changing results using these things. There's also a link to the dedicated website for the device where you can get more information, more testimonials, and you can place an order. Just click the order now button and follow the prompts and you'll have your device in your hot little hands in just two to three days on average. So uh, take advantage of it while the, while the factory or the, while the warehouses have all kinds of stock on hand. Uh, there's no telling when the supply chain may be disrupted and we might not be able to get the products in from out of the country. So uh, take advantage of it now. Get them while you can, and uh, you won't be sorry. Also, uh, keep in mind that the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Spreaker Radio Network or the Jitsi uh, platform or free conference call or their owners or sponsors or any of the uh, alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, the number to call into the show is 614-499-2409. That's 614-499-2409. One last time, 614-499-2409. And also, while you're on the website, be sure and hit the Radio Shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm. And there's over 1,100 shows, almost 1,200 there now. They're all shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do. And you scroll down a little bit further, and you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. So uh, just take advantage of that. It's all free. There's no charge for anything except the products. And uh, otherwise, we encourage you to just have fun on the site. Look around. There's a lot of stuff you can learn from. And uh, in the meantime, we'll get on with the show. Um, also... As uh, we've been doing for the, since last week, uh, we've been playing the COVIDism uh, Contagious Deception series, and today we are going to play part four, which deals with the Great Reset Agenda. And I'll tell you what, this is a really, really good video series. I encourage you to uh, 
Uh, share it with as many people as you can. The links are on the Telegram channel. They're also on my website on the homepage. You have to scroll down a little ways, but you'll see it. Um, share those links all over as far as far as and wide as you can, because this is some of the best information about what the uh, COVID pandemic was all about and who put it, who's involved in the whole shooting match. So uh, here we go with uh, COVIDism Contagious Deception Part 4. Very quickly, the public realized that if this plan succeeds, we will not be allowed to enter supermarkets, banks, hospitals, malls, or even our workplace, unless we can prove that we have been vaccinated and tested for COVID-19. Even though the vaccine passports took the general public by surprise, there was one man who knew they were coming all along. On March 18, 2020, before most countries had even decided to implement lockdowns, Bill Gates demonstrated his prophetic abilities in a question-and-answer thread on the Reddit forum, in which he wrote, Eventually we will have some digital certificates to show who has recovered, or been tested recently, or when we have a vaccine, who has received it. Onfido is just one of the many companies that began working on such a technology early on in the pandemic. In 2019, the startup received a hefty $50 million investment from several corporations to develop a digital identity software. One of these investors was Microsoft, where Bill Gates was still sitting at the board of directors. In April of 2020, Amphido was funded with an additional $100 million with the promise of creating immunity passports. The most innovative development in this new field comes from a team of scientists at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. On December 18, 2019, the researchers announced that they have developed a special dissolvable micro-needle patch. The incredible thing about this new technology is that it serves a dual purpose. When the patch is applied to the skin of a person, it will deliver not just the vaccine, but also numerous copper-based quantum dots, which can hold a person's vaccination history for up to five years. These dots are only about 4 nanometers in diameter, and they radiate near-infrared light. This will allow medical authorities to scan the area with a customized smartphone, and know exactly if a person has received a particular vaccine or not. This revolutionary discovery would not have been possible without the generous funding from the Gates Foundation. The lead author of the study, Kevin McHugh, explains in an interview. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation came to us and said, hey, we have a real problem, knowing who's vaccinated. Unsurprisingly, during the Reddit Q&A, Bill Gates conveniently failed to mention his financial involvement in the so-called digital certificates, which he promoted as being absolutely essential for solving the coronavirus crisis. Interestingly enough, every single aspect of the global pandemic response has Bill Gates's fingerprints on it. From the very beginning of the crisis, the World Health Organization was unanimously chosen to be the main medical authority, whose advice was to be followed by individual countries. One important detail is that their second largest donor is none other than the Gates Foundation. Moreover, the Director General of the WHO, Tedros Ghebreyesus, who is not even a medical doctor, used to hold high positions in three different organizations funded by Bill Gates. Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, the Stop Tuberculosis Partnership, and the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis and Malaria. The Imperial College of London, just like the WHO, played a major role in predicting apocalyptic scenarios, unless full lockdown measures were implemented. From 2006 to 2018, the Gates Foundation had donated to them over $184 million. And just in 2020 alone, the American oligarch gave them a whopping $79 million. 
The British University put some of this money to good use with the creation of the Vaccine Impact Modeling Consortium, which aims to support the evaluation of existing vaccination programs and inform potential future investments and vaccine scale-up opportunities. It's important to note that the acting director of the consortium is Professor Neil Ferguson, who is also the leading scientist at the Imperial College of London. The dire projections given by the British University were corroborated in the United States by the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. Unsurprisingly, in 2017 they received a hefty investment of $279 million by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Meanwhile, there have been two main figures at the forefront of the coronavirus response in the United States, Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks. Both of them have repeatedly stated that the country cannot return back to normal until a vaccine becomes available and both of them have been involved in organizations and projects sponsored by Bill Gates. In 2010, Anthony Fauci was given a position at the Leadership Council, which provides oversight of the Decades of Vaccines initiative, in order to create a global vaccine action plan. The Gates Foundation has already donated $10 billion to this cause. Moreover, in October, at the very start of the pandemic, Bill Gates gave $100 million to the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, where Dr. Fauci is the director. In a similar fashion, the Global Fund, where Dr. Deborah Burks is a board member, has already collected $2.25 billion from the Gates Foundation. But perhaps the most blatantly obvious example of Bill Gates's influence on the global response to COVID-19, is the Pandemic Preparedness Exercise, Event 201. The Tabletop Simulation, which was hosted by Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, in cooperation with the Gates Foundation, and the World Economic Forum, was conducted in New York on October 18, 2019, mere weeks before the first cases of the pandemic broke out. It began in healthy-looking pigs, months, perhaps years ago. A new coronavirus spread silently within herds. Gradually, farmers started getting sick. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. Experts agree unless it is quickly controlled, it could lead to a severe pandemic, an outbreak that circles the globe and affects people everywhere. We're at the start of what's looking like it will be a severe pandemic. And there are problems emerging that can only be solved by global business and governments working together. Public health agencies have issued travel advisories, while some countries have banned travel from the worst affected areas. One thing we haven't spoken about, and I'm wondering whether it's time to talk about this, is uh, a step up from the part of the governments on enforcement actions against fake news. Governments need to be willing to do things that are out of their historical perspective, or for the most part, it's, it's really a, a war footing that we need to be on. The fact that Event 201 simulated a novel coronavirus pandemic, only one month before it actually started, is downright suspicious, and it leads us to the inescapable question. How can one person be so heavily involved in every single facet of this crisis? From predicting it right before it began, and sponsoring the very same scientists and organizations, whose drastically inaccurate models were used as justification for the introduction of the lockdowns, to proposing and promoting the only possible solution to this pandemic, the vaccines, from which he will stand to profit massively. But it's not just about money. The plan to vaccinate the entire human population, is only the tip of the iceberg.
What hides beneath the surface, is in fact a much larger agenda, one that aims to restructure every aspect of our civilization, and establish a new world order. One of the main proponents of this new global system, is the non-government organization, the World Economic Forum, a co-host of Event 201. The members of the WEF are some of the most powerful people on the planet, and they call their agenda, the Great Reset. The COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. It has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, inclusion, and equality. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system for the need for the post-corona era. The Great Reset is a welcome recognition that this human tragedy must be a wake-up call. As you rightly say, it is imperative that we reimagine, rebuild, redesign, reinvigorate and rebalance our world. We have a golden opportunity to seize something good from this crisis. Its unprecedented shockwaves may well make people more receptive to big visions of change. History would look at this crisis as the great opportunity for reset. In short, we need a great reset. The founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, elucidates in his book, COVID-19 The Great Reset, that one of the main problems that needs to be addressed in the post-pandemic era, is the absence of global governance. He boldly explains that if no one power can enforce order, our world will suffer from a global order deficit. And so, to achieve this global order, the World Economic Forum has spent decades silently penetrating governments around the globe, grooming politicians to become conduits for the Great Reset agenda, while bypassing the most basic principles of democracy and national sovereignty. What we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world. Right. And that's true in Argentina too. Wow. Sorry. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I'm here with the president, with the young global leader. Interestingly enough, the admission made by Klaus Schwab was addressed in the Canadian parliament by one of its members who attended the session remotely. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I listened to my call speech, I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum and he bragged how his subversive WWF World Economic Forum has quoted infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. And I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy. Uh, order, order, order. I, I know he was. I know the, uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the the, the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Um, and I and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay. Uh, 
The centerpiece of the Great Reset Agenda is the ID2020 initiative, which was launched in 2016 at the United Nations headquarters in New York, with support from the Rockefeller Foundation, Microsoft, Accenture, and Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance. In 2019 the World Economic Forum also joined this project. In summary, ID2020 is intended to help the UN accomplish its Sustainable Development Goal 16.9, which aims to provide legal identity to all, including birth registration, by 2030. The official premise behind this seemingly philanthropic program, is that a lot of people around the world, especially in developing countries, are not fully functional members of society, because they don't have identity documents. This prevents them from taking advantage of public services, such as healthcare and education. To solve this problem, ID2020 plans to replace every person's paper identification, with a digital one. The proponents of this initiative claim that this will also make all human interactions and financial transactions, a lot more efficient and transparent, and crime rate will be drastically reduced. However, such a centralized digital identification system, could very easily be used by governments to oppress their population. A perfect example of this is the Chinese Social Credit Program, which was launched in 2014. The communist country has already installed over 200 million cameras all across the nation, which meticulously scrutinize everyone's actions. Each person is given a credit score, which changes based on what they do and say. The problem arises from the fact that the government decides what is right doing and what is wrong doing. The people who abide by the rules, retain a high social credit score, and are rewarded with certain bonuses and privileges. Conversely, those who act in ways that the government considers harmful to society, will lose points, which will result in the suspension of some of their basic rights and freedoms. Such a negative action could be something as trivial as buying alcohol, or complaining on social media about air pollution. Even marrying a person with a low social credit score, will cause your own score to drop. And if your rating falls too low, you might end up on a blacklist for the rest of your life. I'm here to meet one of the 10 million people who've seen the dark side of the social credit system. Investigative journalist Leo Hu. With a street smart, hands-on approach, Hu has exposed high-level corruption. He found himself suddenly locked out of society. Under a pilot social credit scheme, he'd been blacklisted as dishonest. He believes his blacklisting is political, but he has no way of challenging it. His poor social credit rating has shut down his travel options and confined him to effective house arrest in Chongqing. Whose social media accounts have also been closed? Before his arrest, he had nearly 2 million followers. It's where he published much of his journalism. Besides the social credit system, 
China was also the first country in the world to introduce digital vaccine passports. Needless to say, this system quickly became yet another tool for oppressing ordinary law-abiding citizens. This became evident when hundreds of protesters, whose money were stolen by government-run banks in the Henan province, suddenly had their digital vaccine passports turned from green to red, indicating that they are infected with COVID-19, or have been in contact with an infected individual. As a result, the protesting depositors were detained and put in quarantine camps. Unsurprisingly, the rest of the world has also used vaccine passports to subjugate its population. Millions of people who have refused to take the jab, have been fired from their jobs, threatened with prison, banned from traveling and entering public venues, and even denied life-saving medical intervention, all in the name of the greater good. This directly violates the Universal Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights, which states, In no case should a collective community agreement, or the consent of a community leader or other authority, substitute for an individual's informed consent. Furthermore, this strategy of forcing compliance by inducing fear of negative consequences, is nothing more than coercion, which is defined in the court of law as any action used as leverage, to force the victim to act in a way contrary to their own interests. Using coercion to obtain consent, infringes upon the Nuremberg Code, a collection of principles written after World War II, intended to prevent the medical tyranny of Nazi Germany from being repeated. The document reads, The voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice, without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion. In other words, authorities around the world, who enact the discriminatory and coercive COVID vaccine policies, are following the footsteps of Hitler's Nazi regime. Back then, the Jews were blamed for spreading typhus among the population, analogous to the way unvaccinated people nowadays are blamed for spreading SARS-CoV-2. Moreover, under the guise of striving towards the creation of a healthier, superior and more pure society, the Nazis introduced a certificate, called the Ancestry Pass. Anyone who was not of Aryan descent, was not allowed to work in the public sector, was banned from public swimming pools, and was denied basic rights and freedoms. The systemic vilification, discrimination and dehumanization of the minorities, such as Jews, eventually led to their imprisonment in the infamous concentration camps. Sadly, we have already witnessed the introduction of coronavirus internment camps, disguised as quarantine facilities. Leaked videos from such facilities in China, show citizens being incarcerated in small metal boxes, and treated like animals. The rest of the world has also made great strides in forcefully detaining its own citizens, and in some cases refusing to let them leave, even after a negative PCR test result. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them. We're not going to be able to keep the person in that home. Every person who we're isolating, for instance, needs to have uh, their own bathroom. And so we'll be moving people like this into other kinds of housing that we have available. Joining us today on the line from Darwin in the Northern Territories is Haley Hodgson. She has just returned from a 14-day, let's say, stay at Howard Springs, and she's agreed to tell us all about it. So then the police officers blocked my driveway. I walked out and I said, what's going on? Are you guys testing me for COVID? What's happening? They said, no, you're getting taken away and you have no choice. You're going to Howard Springs. We're only allowed to stay in our designated areas, which is nothing, maybe two metres. 
So this, I'm gonna give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning that you have to stand your balcony and obey the rules while you get, yeah? Where it makes no sense, where it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line, and that's what the law is, yeah? And that's how it goes, yeah? Behavior must be done, especially in this area, because it's much more highly infectious and likely to have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious when all of us people are negative. So, so far, the risk is still very high, yeah? If I cross that yellow line, that, saying that, you've broken the rule, you've... that I've broken the rule, I will be issued with a $5,000 fine. That's correct. Right. Yeah, they were even threatening me that if I was to do this again, we will extend your time in here. So during that whole time, how many times were you tested and did you ever test positive? Never tested positive at all. And I was tested three times. So at the moment, you haven't had COVID? Never had COVID. And I was of close contact to someone, never got it. And I was treated literally like a criminal. Another country which has decided to follow China's footsteps towards totalitarian control is Italy. Besides being one of the earliest adopters of vaccine passports, the Mediterranean country announced in April 2022 that it will roll out a social credit system in which compliant citizens are rewarded for good behavior. Along with all these terrifying developments, the Great Reset Agenda also calls for the removal of all paper cash and its replacement with central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs for short. While the globalists claim that CBDCs will bring more transparency and security to the world of finance, the true reason behind this push for a radical monetary reform is that it would allow the elites to monitor every single financial transaction worldwide and potentially block some of them whenever they wish to do so. Strangely enough, all this was openly admitted in a webinar hosted by the International Monetary Fund, in which some of the most influential people in the world of finance discuss the advantages of CBDCs over paper cash. Now, in all our analysis on CBDC, in particular for the use of general, to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash. Uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also we will have the technology to enforce that. A good example of how such enforcement actions will be deployed is the freezing of bank accounts of thousands of Canadian truckers who peacefully protested against the vaccine mandates instituted by their government. And while nowadays people still have the choice not to put their cash in banks, in the near future, this choice would no longer exist because CBDCs would completely replace all paper cash. What's even worse is that there is a concerted effort to make CBDCs a programmable form of digital money. For example, if your government decides to institute a lockdown because of an alleged pandemic or other crisis, it can program the CBDCs that are already in your digital wallet in such a way that you can only spend them on goods and services which the government considers essential, only within a certain time frame, and no more than several hundred meters away from your home. In support of this terrifying scenario, media talking heads have been trying to convince the public that the novel coronavirus can be transmitted through physical banknotes, and that digital payments are a much safer alternative. Meanwhile, the globalists have successfully used the COVID crisis to lay the foundations of this new digital monetary system. On January 16, 2020, 
the Digital Dollar Project was launched. Its goal is to develop a United States digital currency, which should replace the physical paper dollar. The initiative was created by the Digital Dollar Foundation, in collaboration with Accenture, one of the founding partners of ID2020. Eight days later, the World Economic Forum announced the start of the Global Consortium for Digital Currency Governance, which aims to develop a common framework for the implementation of CBDCs across the world. By the end of 2022, over 100 countries had already began working on their own central bank digital currency, and some had even rolled out such projects. Unsurprisingly, the Chinese dictatorship is at the forefront of this malicious plot. In April 2020, their new digital currency known as ERMB, was launched in four major cities. This shows that the power-hungry political elite in different parts of the planet, follow the same modus operandi to tighten their grip over the unsuspecting population. In addition to the introduction of CBDCs worldwide, the planned overhaul of the monetary system also features the implementation of universal basic income, an idea that became extremely popular after large portions of the population had their livelihoods destroyed by the tyrannical lockdowns. The premise behind this novel concept is simple. Unlike a stimulus package, which is just a temporary policy until the crisis subsides, the universal basic income model entails that every month the government will send an equal amount of money to every civilian, which should be sufficient to meet their basic living needs. The World Economic Forum has been insisting that the entire planet should permanently switch to this economic model. However, recent history proves that governments are extremely unfair when it's up to them to allocate financial aid. Both the 2008 corporate bailout, and the 2020 Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, disproportionately benefited the two big-to-fail corporations, at the expense of the regular citizens and small business owners. It's reasonable to expect that a universal basic income would follow the exact same trend. Furthermore, the colossal financial dependency which the UBI model entails, will undoubtedly result in absolute power in the hands of the elite, and they can use and abuse this power however they wish. An example of this potential danger, is the proposal made by the American politician John Delaney, who argues that people who receive the COVID-19 vaccine should be given a much larger sum of stimulus money, compared to those who refuse the inoculation. This goes to show that political gifts always come with strings attached. As Napoleon famously said, the hand that gives, is above the hand that takes. The final step in the pursuit of this centralized digital control grid, is the introduction of the actual keystone of the Great Reset Agenda, the digital identity. The post-COVID era has seen numerous governments announce the research, development, and implementation of such national ID programs. Even the European Union has launched its own version. Ultimately, if this plan succeeds, in the near future each individual on the planet will have their own personal digital identity account, contained within a simple phone app, which will comprise their personal digital wallet, and the amount of CBDCs they own, all government-issued documents, extensive biometric data, detailed personal medical information, including vaccination status, and of course, their personal social credit score. Access to all products and services, both online and offline, both public and private, will be given only after a person's digital identity is scanned and approved, ensuring that the individual has fully complied with all government requirements. When all these pieces of the puzzle are put together, it becomes obvious that the seemingly altruistic endeavor to give every person a digital identity, so that nobody is excluded from society, is nothing more than a carefully crafted disguise. In essence, the actual purpose of this agenda, is to transform the entire planet into a global technocratic dictatorship, keeping all of its citizens on a tight leash through constant surveillance. 
and if anyone dares to not follow the tyrannical rules, or to protest against them, their digital identity account will be switched off remotely, and they will be excluded from participating in society. Unfortunately, the globalists have also been working on other sinister projects, driven by their unquenchable thirst for power. From electronic pills which send a signal to your doctor that you took it. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, the compliance, uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. Two implantable microchips which inform the government that you are going to get sick soon, and you should be quarantined preemptively. Dr. Hepburn showed us a few current projects. Some sound like they're from an episode of Star Trek. It's a sensor. This tiny green thing in there? That tiny green thing in there, you put it underneath your skin, and what that tells you is that there are chemical reactions going on inside the body, and that signal means you're going to have symptoms tomorrow. Wow. There's an actual transmitter in that? Yeah, it's like a check engine light. So incredible are these technological advancements that some of the top-level globalists, such as Klaus Schwab and his main advisor, Professor Yuval Harari, have a hard time containing their excitement over the vast opportunities that lie ahead. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet, above all they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? Because it's a fusion of our physical, digital and biological spheres. It's an integration of those spheres. Just think of sensors planted into our brains. The opportunities are immense. And we have to prepare ourselves already now. History meets us now. In an attempt to convince the public that a centralized technocratic system, in which the population is completely dependent on the government for its survival and well-being, will bring utopia to our planet, the World Economic Forum posted an article on their website in 2016. Welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city. Or should I say, our city. I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. It might seem odd to you, but it makes perfect sense for us in this city. Everything you considered a product, has now become a service. We have access to transportation, accommodation, food and all the things we need in our daily lives. One by one, all these things became free, so it ended up not making sense for us to own much. 
In our city we don't pay any rent, because someone else is using our free space whenever we do not need it. My living room is used for business meetings when I am not there. Once in a while, I get annoyed about the fact that I have no real privacy. Know where I can go and not be registered. I know that somewhere, everything I do, think and dream of, is recorded. I just hope that nobody will use it against me. Needless to say, many people recognize this vision as a communist Trojan horse. History has repeatedly shown that such heartwarming promises of financial and social equality, are nothing more than an advertising slogan for totalitarian control. In an interview given more than 35 years ago, former KGB propagandist, Yuri Bismenov, warns the public of a scenario that is ominously reminiscent of what we are going through right now. It, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. By this point, it should have become evident that humanity has become a victim of a very old trick. Similar to the Great Fire of Rome during Nero's reign, and the Reichstag fire during Hitler's regime, COVID-19 is nothing more than a convenient trigger event, used by tyrants for a massive political power grab. What started as a temporary two-week lockdown to flatten the curve, has slowly but surely become the new normal, which, as Yuri Bismenov points out, can last indefinitely. To ensure this, the globalists have already prepared the next series of artificially created crises, designed to attack every facet of our social structure, and thus, fulfill the promises of the Great Reset Agenda. You try to warn us about this pandemic, um, and we didn't listen. What's the next thing you're warning us about that's going to happen five years from now that we're not listening to at the present? Most of the work we're going to do to be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one, most of the work we'll do to be ready for that are also the things we need to do uh, to minimize the threat of, of bioterrorism. So we, you know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is, uh, will get attention this time. Mm -hmm. We're going to start focusing mainly on climate, climate like global warming, and so our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. Climate crisis, climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change. The planet is on fire. Do you think it's going to be just like a lot of like fear, climate? Yeah, fear sells. Folks, we're in a crisis. Just like we need to be a unified nation in response to COVID-19, we need a unified national response to climate change. And from this crisis, from these crises, I should say, we need to seize the opportunity to build back and build back better than we were before. The government in the Netherlands is shutting down farms in the name of climate change. Why is the Dutch prime minister pushing this anti-agriculture plan? He wants to reduce nitrogen emissions by so much that it's going to throw tens of thousands of farmers here in the Netherlands 
out of job. The government there ordered farmers to slash emissions from their cows by 50%. We're seeing potential uh, food shortages here, and that's really a fear as well, correct? I mean, that's absurd right now, right? We're right. in a world where there's not enough food, and then we're saying, no, let's produce less food. The Trudeau government wants Canadian farmers to cut fertilizer use just as we face a worldwide food shortage. Over the past two years, the number of people without regular access to food has more than doubled. Food prices in the U.S. soared to record heights in February 2022. Global food prices also followed suit, posting a 20.7% increase compared to last year. Germany is saying goodbye to nuclear power. It could be seen as the worst possible time to do it, with Europe battling an energy crisis. The German Chancellor has announced that Germany is pulling the plug on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. That's the undersea pipeline meant to ferry natural gas from Russia to Germany. Losing it will hurt Germany and other European countries who rely heavily on Russia for their energy supply. But it shows they're serious. It's a, it's a suicidal uh, policy to imposing sanctions on, on Russia at the time when Europe is very much reliant on Russian gas and oil. Oil prices have doubled, coal prices have quadrupled, and natural gas is now seven times more expensive than early last year. The world's largest meat processing company is scrambling this morning to get back online after being hit with a ransomware attack. Cyber pandemic is around the corner and we must do everything we can to prevent it. There will be another crisis. Uh, it will be more significant. And, you know, we need to actually start preparing for that now. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. It is hard to imagine the devastation that lies ahead of us if we don't put a stop to the Great Reset agenda. And we have the power to do so. Otherwise, if our opinions didn't matter, and we had no control over our future, why would the establishment spend so much time effort and money into convincing us to trust their narrative? The answer is simple, the elites know very well that they can accomplish their objectives, only if we trust them, and obey their orders. It is time that we all come together and refuse to cooperate in our own enslavement. Millions across the globe have already done this through civil disobedience, successfully pressuring authorities to walk back their plans for implementing more lockdown policies, including vaccine and mask mandates. This shows that we hold the key to our own destiny, and we should use it to unlock the chains of slavery, and fight back to regain our liberty. And we should always remember, that those who give up liberty for security, deserve neither. going to play all the credits and everything but uh, suffice it to say it's a good video 
And um, like I said, you can find all four parts, uh, the links to those on my website, yourdiyhealth.com. Uh, scroll down a ways below all the care stuff and uh, the pre- you know, the beginning stuff for the longevity. And you'll see the link there. You'll see the image. It'll say click on the picture and you'll be able to get all four parts. Share that link far and wide so that more and more people can find out what's going on, what's been done to us, and more importantly, what's going to be done. This last segment on uh, the Great Reset is scary. If they succeed in doing away with cash, we're screwed. <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's that's the best way to put it. They will be able to control every single financial transaction on the planet if they manage to get these central bank digital currencies going. And the only option at that point will be things like Bitcoin that are decentralized, they're outside the control of government, and that's what scares them more than anything at this point. Because right now, Bitcoin's about, uh, last I checked, around $28,000 a coin. And you can buy a hundred millionth of a coin. (laughs) You can buy 10 cents worth. You know, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. And it would behoove everybody to learn how to use Bitcoin and um, have that as an option. Because once they do away with cash, if you post something they, they don't like on your social media or if you are outside the area they want you to be in, all those CBDCs will be shut off. They won't be usable. You might have a million of them, and they won't be worth anything because you're trying to buy something they don't want you to buy or you're trying to do it somewhere that they don't want you to be or whatever the case. Or you just said something they don't want you to say, and they turn all the ones and zeros in your account to zeros, which means you can't buy anything. Bitcoin, on the other hand, they can't control. They would have to shut the entire internet down in order to do that, and they're not going to do that. They're counting on the fact there'll be very few people using Bitcoin, but the numbers will increase. The problem you're going to have is all of the standard certain you know ways of obtaining Bitcoin, you know, getting buying it through banks and buying it through uh, other online apps and exchanges and things like that, those will all be monitored. It will get to the point where the only way you can safely obtain Bitcoin is to buy it from an individual, someone you know. You may have to barter for it. You might have to trade something. But you've got to find somebody that has Bitcoin that's willing to get, you know, let it go. And that's going to get hard to do. Uh, right now, best estimates is the average person who is not involved yet, the most they'll ever own is a tenth of a coin. That's not much, but as time goes on, that coin will get more and more valuable. You know, right now, it's $28,000. 
you know, when CBDCs kick in and there's no cash, you're going to see the value of Bitcoin go into the millions. Mark my words. Because more and more people want it. It's a limited resource. There's only a finite number that will ever be created. And the, the old rule of supply and demand. If the supply is fixed or going down and the demand is increasing, what happens to the price? It's going to skyrocket. So the people that have Bitcoin now will be the ones to, uh, they'll be able to control things in the future. Or at least they'll be in a much better position to do stuff. So it would be in your best interest to know how to handle that. Well, there's another video that I want to play here that uh, goes right along with um, this last thing we just listened to. And this is a recording of Maria Z down in Australia. Uh, she was doing an Alex Jones uh, fourth hour uh, co-host. Uh, I think it was on Tuesday, if I remember right. And she was interviewing someone who is very knowledgeable in the kind of things that we're talking about here. And I'm just trying to get to the point where we can start it. Here we go. I think we're about there. This will be good enough. Here we go. To do the same, please. This broadcast is incredibly, incredibly crucial in this time. No one else has been ahead of the game of this current situation that Alex has been discussing over the past couple of days, which ties into the guest that I've got on today. Uh, Celeste uh, Solem is, uh, I conducted an interview with her last week. She's a former FEMA employee. She's worked in healthcare and she's been researching neuroscience, uh, brain sciences, and what the globalists are doing to weaponize this against the population through things like smart dust, the nanotech in the shots. She joined me last week for I what I think is the most important interview Z Media has ever conducted. And we've been doing this for some time. We've conducted, I think, well over 200 interviews now, uh, long form interviews. And I said, I think this is the most important interview. So that's, it's it's not an understatement for me to say something like that. The research that Celeste has done has been absolutely phenomenal. And she joins us now. Celeste, thank you so much for coming on today. It's great to be here and to support InfoWars. <laughs> well, we're, we're so appreciative of your time now. We're about to go to break in about a minute, but I wanted to introduce uh, you by saying, you know, really uh, one of the most important conversations I've ever had because what you showed us through your research really tied together everything that all of the other people I've interviewed have shown, people like Karen Kingston, who showed that these shots would be used to track and trace everyone. Every single injection approved by the WHO for COVID has the ability to track and trace uh, and send your biometric data. They wouldn't approve an injection that didn't. Then you have people like Todd Callender that spoke about some of these things in the shots. Um, cesium-137, radioactive uh, materials that would turn the human body into a walking antenna. And then last week when I spoke to you, you revealed even more uh, uh, based on your investigation of the shots 
what's inside these injections, being able to, not only in the injections, but in our food, in our water, in our air, covert military operations that have been conducted, including on Australia, you merging witchcraft and technology and medicine. And this is something that is so relevant to this situation in the United States. So when we come back from the break, I'm going to let you take over, Celeste, because I think the world really needs to hear from you. This is so, so important. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. And Pete Santilli been doing such a phenomenal job. This is this is not only weaponized migration, but what Celeste and I are about to talk about are the weapons that they can deploy on the weaponized migrants. This is mind control on another level. We don't know how many times these people have been jabbed. We don't know what they're giving them right now. Uh, we don't know what they're spraying in the skies above these hordes of people invading the United States. So, Celeste, please, if you will, just give the, the viewers and the listeners a brief overview of what we discussed last week in relation to what you've discovered about Human 2.0, the United Nations agenda to transfer everything from natural change, eliminate natural uh, creation, God's creation to synthetic biology. Right. So they in the military circles, they call it a virtual twin. And I'm going to be covering that in a, a synthetic biology webinar that is free. You can find me on Rumble, Celeste Solem. Um, and so basically it started about 1900, really came on the map on in 1975 when they made the decision. These are the policymakers, the researchers. These are the people with money. They are also evolutionary. And in 1975, they decided to genetically modify all life on Earth. Every man, woman, child, animal, plant, even down to the microbial level. So that is one of the things that they started. They started integrating things like the smart dust. Each of these categories has, you know, as there's a lot of research that I'm going to be presenting, but nanoparticles, and now we have the synthetic biology, which actually transfers a person from being a human created in the divine image of God to a hybrid, very sneakily, people don't realize, and then into a synthetic being. And what that, it's, it's you're basically a uh, package, if you will, and what they're going to stuff it with is very demonic things, robotics, synthetic entities, um, entities from different dimensions, um, all sorts of different things. Uh, it came out yeah. and Alex actually read this, read the story about, uh, I don't know, two years ago when they came, the journals came out and said that the nanoparticles actually are alien entities. Yes. And so so when we say alien entities, people think, you know, big green head. No, no, we're talking about demonic uh, 
entities right now. This is fallen angel technology. I firmly believe that. Now, when you and I spoke last week, a lot of feedback on that interview. So many people are astounded by the information. Please, if, if you're watching this and you haven't seen it, go and watch it from start to finish. It's on zmedia.com. It's on the homepage, interviews page. It's also on our channel on band.video under Z Media. It is so, so powerful. I, I, I need the world to see this interview. And what, you know, a few people said this all sounds like it's it's a, it's all a bit too much. Well, it's not all a bit too much because you've got people like Dr. James Giordano and videos on YouTube, which I'm going to play a few clips from and I really want your commentary on, Celeste, um, openly talking about this stuff, openly talking about being able to control the masses, not only through psyops, but through affecting their brain with various toxins, this, that, the other. They are so blatantly out there talking about it. So maybe um, you could talk to us about about what you've discovered about, you know, for example, you shared with me Australia that during the bushfires they had these autonomous planes coming and spraying above above Australia to essentially put the people into what is a spell. Right, so it had technology, it, it was an aircraft developed by Boeing, um, made of graphene, if you're familiar with the, with the graphene. Graphene has magical qualities, but on board were some specific um, programs or tools. Uh, one of them was Geomancer and the other was Spellbook. And the name of the autonomous jet, so that means there's no human driving it, you're piloting it, um, was the Valkyrie, and that means chooser of the slain. And we have to tie that this with the COVID because what the first, I get better go back and finish my comment. So, what Geomancer and Spellbook did is project down upon the earth um, curses and spells upon the people and the territory and the lands of Australia. And we all know how tyrannical then the Australian government uh, acted when, once the COVID came. So this, the wildfires were in December of 2019. And, you know, of course, COVID was, you know, was it in December? Was it in January? Um, it was at that same time. And anyway, the plane's name was Valkyrie, chooser of the slain. Remdesivir, the drug that has killed so many Americans. If you went into the hospital with COVID, Chances are you were approached, and maybe many of you lost loved ones to a drug named uh, Remdesivir. Remdesivir's original name was Valkyrie. That's how it wow. all ties in. And then we have a DARPA satellite that was launched last year. It's a very low orbiting satellite, and it's called Ouija. There's another one uh, called Estarte. So we've got so they also have this geomancer and spell book. Now it started in Australia. Now it's projecting around the whole earth in a grid system, witchcraft that mixes with um, the different chemicals and with the different uh, therapeutics and gene editing tools. Well, it's alchemy. It's alchemy. And the thing is that people 
these people believe in it. Some people may think that this stuff isn't real. That's fine. The point is that the globalists believe in this stuff. They are actually satanic and their agenda is satanic in nature. So it's no surprise. Everything you're saying right now, Celeste, it is absolutely no surprise to me that this stuff goes on. Now, I want to talk about this Dr. James Giordano and maybe the team can play the first clip before we go go into break. If you can, guys, can you play clip one, affected populations, and then we're going to get Celeste's commentary on that. A, the ability to assess the brain and its functions. A, the ability to access the brain on a variety of levels, from the subcellular all the way to the social. And A, the ability to affect the brains and the individuals in which those brains are embodied and the ecologies in which those individuals enact, engage, encounter, from the level of the individual to the group, to the community, to the populational. Look at the power that understanding tools and techniques of the brain sciences afford. Obviously, if in fact this gives me some insight to the way people interact, inclusive of the way they may interact in bellicose, aggressive, violent, and volatile ways, and it also confers upon me certain powers to be able to influence that, alter that, change that, mitigate that, then clearly I'm able to use the brain sciences as we have tried repeatedly in the past to influence the postures and capabilities not only of our own individuals who are engaged in warfare, intelligence, and national security operations, but those who seek to threaten us. So who are those that seek to threaten you? The patriots. The ones that are seeking to threaten their establishment is the patriots, the truth tellers, the ones who are exposing all of this. And they are talking about weaponizing not only individuals, but uh, controlling populations, which is so relevant to this weaponized migration. We'll be right back after this break with more from Celeste Solemn. their brains. Uh, And that was from a a conference called The Brain or a presentation called The Brain is the Battlefield of the Future delivered or presented on the Modern War Institute channel four years ago, right before they deployed COVID. Celeste, what do you, um, what can you share with the viewers about your understanding of this ability of these people to Uh, alter the perceptions, the thoughts, even the behavior of a region or even a country? Yeah, so unfortunately, since about World War II, uh, they have had the capability. We've been all been subjected. I don't care if you're in America or around the world. You're being subjected to psyops. Dr. James Giordano then said we were given certain chemicals to kind of meld us, mold us, so that we would be... um, well, so our brains would uh, be accepting of the new pharmaceuticals and the new pathogens. These pathogens were developed and Dr. James Giordano has the influence, the power. He's in the military circles, the government circles, academia circles to accomplish the hacking of the brain, if you will. And so they released COVID, they released other pathogens And we're going to see this synthetic biology that literally consumes the brain and the body. And why did they want to aim for the brain? It was, COVID was developed as a neuro weapon. Why? Because if they seize your brain, they will win your heart and mind. 
because they can alter it. And anything that they say, then you go, oh, that might sound good. Or you're too tired, maybe, uh, to research or to stand up against um, tyranny. So that's why it was developed to make us complacent. It's like fluoride on steroids. You know, years ago, we were worried about fluoride, but this is much worse. Um, It literally takes over the brain, every crack, crevice, it goes down your brainstem and throughout your neurological system, and it literally consumes you. And as it consumes you, you don't have that original biological self. You are then turned into this hybrid and synthetic entity or synthetic shell, if you will, and ready to be inhabited by some some force, demon, whatever, whatever they there's synthetic biology where there's actually uh, synths, synthetic entities. So they are going to use biological, but they are also going to deploy and millions of them have been deployed of people that look or humanoids that look just like you and me, but everything from their brain to their blood to their organs are synthetic. Well, here's the thing. All of these 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 millions of hordes of people coming in now through the border could very well be, I mean, are very likely highly injected people. People that, uh, you know, uh, for example, that, that gentleman that Michael Yon uh, interviewed that day with Alex, what a fantastic uh, interview that was, you know, just speaking to this Chinese national. Uh, that guy would be would be injected to the eyeballs. He came from China, for goodness sake. And what we, you know, I, I really want to say here that faith is the defense against what these people are trying to achieve. But the point is that it's not just in the in the shots. It's in the sky. Yeah, they're spraying it everywhere. It's in our water. It's in our food supply. But the shots were the direct, uh, uh, you know, high dose, really quick delivery system of this is essentially computer interface that transforms the human being who who then can be. Uh, weaponized, and he talks about the ability to um, within this within this presentation. I'm sure you've seen it, Celeste. The ability to uh, stop an uprising. They can actually control a large group of people to make sure. Could because you were saying before, you know, it it really dumbs them down, makes them feel tired. No, no, they can then actually change the minds of people to stop them from ever organizing anything that's that's successful for an uprising that and that's how they stole uh the election at a conference military conference they were uh kind of bragging about the fact that uh, when they stole the last election it was through deep penetration um and they used a combination of frequency the chemicals psyops and these uh, pharmaceutical gene editing programs, and they actually were able to sway an election. So whether America is going to ever have another fair election is on the table. Well, if the team can bring up picture two, it's got the types of weapons there uh, that that James is talking about in this presentation. And he actually talks about economic leverage, intelligence, psyops, 
uh, drugs and other chemical agents than the biologicals, the uh, the microbes, toxins. He openly talks about how these are physical influence or deterrence tools uh, and hybrid cyborg systems. Of course, they talk about biological drones there, but but it's it, it's not just limited to drones and robots, guys. This is this stuff. They understand this better than anyone. And some people said to me after our interview, Celeste, that you know they don't think that technology is anywhere near as advanced what as what they're presenting i would argue that it's nowhere near as that our understanding even uh, as far as you've gone isn't as far as they've been able to develop this stuff i would say it's at least 100 years so in in the past when i would look at a DARP, the darpa site it was 5 to 20 years out before it was at commercial deployment now when I see the headline on DARPA, it is already in the pipeline. And I know that well, that actually, is a weapon against us. So, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but if the team can bring up while you're talking, uh, picture one, weapons timeline, uh, that's also from his presentation. And it clearly says here that, you know, 2008, uh, the, these, these weapons that he's talking about were not yet viable for operational use. But as of 2011 to 2014, Celeste, demonstrated utility of neuro, uh, neuro ST in prior, current and future NSID operations. So already we're, ta we're talking about technology that was already uh, able to be used over a decade ago, how much more developed is it now? Much more. I mean, it is so sophisticated. And what we have to realize is this technology is we have to can't look at the technology as individual components uh, or silos. We have to look at it as an integrated system. So the bio mixes with the frequencies, mixes with the um, pharmaceuticals. It, the pathogens, everything is one system now as a phalanx arrayed against all biological life. And I think we really need to bring in, is this, is this real? Um, yes, as a matter of fact, it was, it's so real that last year there was a Senate Bill 4488 that was introduced on June 23rd. You can look it up yourself on catastrophic risk. It talks about an existential threat to humanity the extinction of all humanity in that document, which was a Senate bill. And then it talked about the erasure of all humanity, that humanity ever lived on the face of the earth. That's how much they hate uh, 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 humans, um, not all biological life, but especially humans because they're created in the divine image of God. That bill was killed in December, I, I've got to say. It was handed off to DHS to manage it. I think we need to pay attention to that word. And then they said they were gonna slice and dice it and put it into omnibus and different pork bills and other bills so they that the American people could not find it, basically, as one component. They got a little scared. They put too much together in it that people might wake up and see what was going on. So they sliced and diced it. There's more information about that. Celeste actually goes into that in our interview. Again, please, if you haven't seen it, do go and watch it. We'll be back after this short break with more from Celeste. This is absolutely powerful stuff. Don't go anywhere. 
thousands of medical journals every single week to stay up to date on this on these topics of neurosciences uh, and and neurotechnology. I want to really quickly play this clip uh, clip for how can we use the weapons, if you will, team, and then get Celeste commentary on that. So, how then can we use these elements as weapons? means of contending against others. Formal definition of a weapon, right out of the Oxford Old English Dictionary. Means of contending against others. And we can do that in a number of ways. We can militate their behaviors and their thoughts in some ways as to make them more amenable to what we do, the idea of positive weaponology. Or we can in fact mitigate, and in some cases completely nullify, their capability, will, or engagement to fight. If we combine those two definitions into one, what we find is those agents that will either change individuals' thoughts, vulnerabilities, volatility to violence and aggression, or incur morbidity, dysfunction, and or mortality in such a way as to then mitigate the engagement altogether. So uh, we can uh, militate their behaviors, and we can mitigate and nullify their capability and will to fight. Celeste, how do they do this? So they do it through the psyops, through the chemicals in our food, through um, the nanoparticles, the smart dust, and the pathogens. Uh, it might be interesting, is interesting for you to know that the very organization that named COVID, COVID, when I looked, I was on like one of the forums just looking before it came out at the technology uh, just in the chat, kind of it's a chat forum. And basically they said that that COVID, the very organization that named it, said that it was designed to disable. It is a weapon of mass disruption. Take out your brain, take out your body. That way you can't think the pharmaceutical industry will benefit like trillions and trillions of dollars because everybody's sick and disabled and they can't fight. They can't be the resistance. But they're not just sick physically, they're sick in their minds. You know, Celeste, so many people have asked me, why can't we get through to people? I remember my, my good friend and the, doc, the late Dr. Zelenko said, you could take one of these people and literally rub their face in the corpse of their loved one that's died from these poison shots and they would not realise that this is what's caused it. Is this because of these operations that you're talking about that prep the world for COVID? Essentially, you know, like Australia, for example, these chemtrails uh, that they sprayed beforehand to disable the population's ability to think. Team, if you can bring up pick three while Celeste is answering that question. So basically, they... It, it, uh, well, I lost my thought here. Sorry about that. So these no, are that's all the, right. I was asking whether the reason why people can't see the truth in front of them, in front of their faces, whether that has to do with what they've been uh, spraying or putting in our foods. You know, you've got a loved one literally dropping dead in front of you post-shot and they go, no, 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 it's not the shot. The shot was great. Okay, so there's a couple of different factors involved. Yes, it can be the chemicals, the pharmaceuticals, the um, psyops, uh, but there, there's something that is an algorithm that FEMA uses, and it's something that I learned a long time ago. It said that 3% of people will stick to their ideology, 
7% of people will do something once or twice. They might write their congressman. They might, you know, participate in a rally, something like that. But this, I'm glad everyone's sitting down, or I hope you're sitting down, because the shocker is 90% of people will do nothing, even if it means their death and the death of their loved one. So that is one thing. And FEMA knows that. I mean, I was taught that in the 90s. And I tested it in every single venue, volunteer groups, business, every type of sector. And it holds true. And you can test it yourself. And you will find that about 3% of people will stand strong in their ideology. So what that means, those 90% of people, you're not going to reach them. So at this point, it is better to try and reach those people that are receptive to you. Maybe drop a seed or there, here or there. Um, while you're out and about doing things that you you do and being a human, but realize that most people are not going to hear you. 90% won't hear you. 7% might do something once or twice. Is it worth your investment? You have to start thinking about that because we're coming into a time that we have to survive. The other thing is I was, I'm a person of prayer. I have a biblical uh, background. And so in the beginning of COVID, I had a prayer walk and I asked the Lord, I said, what spirits am I up against? And the it was very interesting what the Holy Spirit said. He said, first you were up against a spirit of blindness, a spirit of blindness. And that it does come from the Bible. So we, if you are a person of prayer, you need to be praying for people to remove this spirit of blindness. And then the spirit of pharmacia, which is the chemicals, the drugs, any pharmaceuticals. Yes, absolutely. On on pick three, it actually says there, um, in close pharmaceuticals and organic neurotoxins, we don't have time to go through the whole thing, but James talks about, uh, Dr. Dr. Giordano in this presentation, talks about how he can take the leader of a resistance uh, into a, a, a fake meeting, essentially, where he pretends he's going to He's going to, uh, you know, do a white flag meeting and uh, put something either on his pen or on his drink uh, to change the mind and the behavior of that leader of a resistance so that he goes back and essentially demoralizes the people because he's not who he was before. His mind has changed. Now, faith is the shield to these weapons, but the point is to know that they exist. Um, and they say uh, ultra low dose or high specify agents for use in targeting diplomatic or local culture, hearts and minds scenarios. Think about that in relation to this absolute invasion that's happening to the United States as we speak. Everything Alex has been covering for the past two days and think about the fact that they can do this. This is so dangerous and people need to be aware physically um, that these people can be mind hacked, weaponized, made to act in a way that they normally wouldn't. You know, maybe this is why Pete was given uh, that bit of intel about stay away from shopping centers, stay away from these different places, because the possibilities really are endless. Your thoughts, Celeste? Well, Dr. James Diodano also says that he has the, through technology, he can capture the soul. And in that graphic that you just showed, um, down at the very bottom is something that everybody p should pay attention to because the next pathogen at the very the last bullet is the neurovascular hemorrhagic agent. The next 
pandemic is going to be threefold. They have learned how to um, overlap the physical domain, the cyber domain, the supernatural domain. And so what that means is that as it's going to be a hemorrhagic event, they're going to call it a hemorrhagic uh, Ebola systems is what the name is going to be. Yeah, as the first patients come bleeding out to the hospital, the internet is bleeding out. It also opens a portal to the supernatural. And so there's going to be a lot of of evil stuff that that comes in as a in the mix. Um, And at the end, I think is what when we'll see the new world order emerge um, after this next pandemic. It's going to blow people's minds because it's cyber We've actually have so much technology in each one of us right now that when this cyber meltdown happens, so we're not only going to melt down in the physical due to the pathogen, we're going to, the cyber in us is also going to be melting down. Wow, I never thought of that. I seriously have goosebumps right now, Celeste. We have that much technology inside of humanity right now that cyber COVID that they say will be more catastrophic than COVID where they have to do an entire shutdown will shut down human 2.0. My goodness, this is this is uh, uh, groundbreaking right now in this moment. This is groundbreaking. We only have 30 seconds left, Celeste. We need to get you back on. Please, everyone, go and watch the video. It's on Band.Video. It's on ZMedia.com. Watch it in full. Share it. Share this everywhere. Visit CelestialReport.com. Celeste, you've got your webinar coming out. Please give people the date really quickly in 10 seconds. Okay, next Wednesday at noon. Oh, yeah, next Wednesday at noon on Rumble. Next Wednesday at noon on Rumble. God bless you, Celeste. Thank you so much. Jesus is Lord. There's some scary stuff. Enough technology inside us that when they activate it, a lot of people will cease to function. And this is why I've been preaching nutrition and the Itericare wands for so long because those are the only two things i've come across that will give your body what it needs to be able to take out all this junk to detox to get rid of all the stuff that's being dumped on us through the crap in the food crap in the water crap in the air the chemtrails the junk in the food everything else that we're being exposed to even the covid jabs Nutrition, science-based, clinically verified medical nutrition like you get from Longevity, and the terahertz frequencies that come from the Itericare wands are the only two things that I've seen so far that support your body's ability to detox, to get rid of all this junk that is inside you. So if you've been using those things, you should be in pretty good shape. You may survive this mess, but for the folks that haven't, been sitting on the fence haven't been doing anything not so much you're going to be very very surprised when all this stuff comes to head and it's it's scary but that's uh basically what's what's going on i did have a couple other videos that i'm going to open up here one 
deals with um, the clots that are being char- you know, caused, these uh, amyloid clots being char- or caused by the uh, COVID jabs. And this is a Greg Reese report. Here we go. Thermography, or thermal imaging, can detect abnormal internal body temperatures, allowing it to highlight areas of inflammation and poor blood circulation. It is the most effective, non-invasive way of detecting deep vein thrombosis, otherwise known as blood clots. Biologist Felipe Reitz in Brazil has his own line of thermographic imaging equipment and began diagnosing his vaccinated patients who were injected with the COVID shots. What he found was extensive blood clotting throughout the entire vascular system in asymptomatic people who received the shot. This image was taken of a 23-year-old athlete. The dark lines are blood clots. This 23-year-old got the shot, but has no symptoms. Felipe Reitz also conducted live blood analysis. And like we've been hearing from several other researchers, Reitz is reporting the presence of foreign structures taking shape in the blood of the vaccinated and has shown how the blood cells clump together as a result of getting the shot. Last week, Dr. Richard Fleming posted a video of what happens when the genetic vaccines are added directly to human blood. After adding the Janssen vaccine to a healthy blood sample, the blood can be seen under magnification as it begins to clump and cluster together in real time. In studies performed by Natural News, it was concluded that these so-called blood clots are almost entirely lacking key marker elements that would be present in human blood, yet show significantly higher concentrations of elements that are used in electronics and circuitry. Meanwhile, the CEO of Moderna, the company that price gouged their customers by 500% for the deadly shot, was given a 50% raise after cashing in $400 million of stock. The longer we go without justice, the more acceptable this becomes. Moderna is now investing in the future of their clot shots. This is a piece of string, a strand. Doesn't seem like much. Unless it's a strand of mRNA, the code of life inside every cell of your body, then it has the power to change everything. mRNA has already changed how we fight viruses. It has created medicines at unprecedented speed. mRNA could change how we stand up to multiple diseases. From the widespread to the extremely rare. It could even individualize how we approach cancer. One strand of mRNA could change life for the better. Everywhere. And the company that's getting us there. Moderna. 
This changes everything. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Yeah, one strand of mRNA could improve life forever. could also destroy life. And I got another one here. This is another Greg Reese report regarding the situation with the January 6th uh, Proud Boys um, uh, court case and the ruling. Here we go. The D.C. courts have convicted members of the Proud Boys under heavy words like seditious conspiracy and conspiracy to obstruct justice. Not for their actions, but for the actions of everyone else there on January 6th. According to defense attorneys, the feds had scores of agent provocateurs at the Capitol on January 6th, and they needed to ask the judge permission to inquire about them in court. Not just the FBI, but the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. had informants in the Proud Boys. Uh, One of Mr. Uh, Metcalf's colleagues, Mr. Roots, made a motion um, for disclosure of other agents within the federal government, broadly conceived, um, 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 that were involved in the Proud Boys. And and the judge basically, um, I think the court's conclusion was, well, there are just too many government agencies for us to know. You've got to be more specific. If you've been paying attention then you've known this for well over a year now, and you're well aware that Ray Epps helped orchestrate the riot and even admitted to it, but he's somehow untouchable. Ray Epps is all over the place. There, I can't tell you how many times we would be dissecting a video in court and out of nowhere, Ray Epps happens to be right in the middle of it. Ray Epps was even cleaned up and put on television to stroke the sleepy minds of the brainwashed masses and rub it in the faces of the awakened. The original purpose of Washington, D.C. was to act as a central government in times of emergency. But today, Washington, D.C. is the emergency, and the United States of America is on its last breath. The District of Columbia's creation is rooted in the Constitution, which called for creating a 10-square-mile district to act as the seat of government, and to exercise authority by the consent of the states. It was designed to remain independent and given limited powers. But over the centuries, it has become the same bloated big government that the founding fathers fought against. The executive branch of government has become so powerful in the United States that every living person in the nation has been helplessly subjected to its tyranny. And now, speak out against it, and you will be silenced. If I write to you saying, I don't like what's going on in downtown Austin, somebody ought to string up city council, and I could say that, I'm a hothead, and we go to a demonstration that night and somebody breaches a barricade and throws a rock at a city council member, I'm as guilty of conspiring to cause that event as the Proud Boys were for appearing that day. This weaponizes speech in a way that cannot be permitted to stand. Alex, this weaponizes dissent to a whole nother level. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. And lastly, there's one more. Under U.S. Code Title 42, Part G, in Section 265, 
With the approval of the president, the Surgeon General has the power to prohibit foreign immigration in order to avert the dangerous spread of communicable disease. This was enacted in 1944 and used in March of 2020 when the Trump administration issued a public health order calling for the rapid expulsion of illegal immigrants and asylum seekers to protect against the spread of COVID-19. But the borders remain open, as they have been for years. Millions of people have migrated into the U.S. illegally to cash in on the robbery of America's wealth and the destruction of our society. In April of 2021, we exposed a massive child trafficking operation being operated by the federal government in concert with Catholic charity organizations. In March of 2022, the Biden administration formally exempted unaccompanied children from being deported under the Title 42 policy. Last month, a whistleblower from Operation Artemis testified before Congress that the U.S. government has been acting as middleman in a multi-billion dollar child trafficking black market. Title 42 is set to expire this week, and U.S. immigration facilities are already at 150% capacity. So the tens of thousands of illegal immigrants waiting at the southern border will just have to be taken care of at the expense of the U.S. taxpayer during the biggest financial crisis in U.S. history. If this doesn't make sense to you, then you need to realize that America is under attack. Last weekend, two separate terrorist attacks were carried out in Texas by members of the same prison gang syndicate. And if the U.S. government cared about keeping the peace and the rule of law, then this sort of activity would obviously catalyze stricter border policies. But our government isn't doing that. They are opening the borders while U.S. judges let loose violent criminals because America is under attack. Michael Yawn has been reporting from the Darien province in Panama at a place known as the Darien Gap where U.S.-funded invasion camp Las Blancas has been processing hordes of military-age members of the Communist Chinese Party. Michael, can you speak more on why you suppose these are spies as opposed to simply economic migrants? So how are all these people getting these passports? And how are they showing up with wads of cash? They have a lot of money, these Chinese coming through. They take a special route through Darien Gap. They take boat routes, and then they'll walk about two days through the jungle through a much safer route. It's still a little bit difficult. But it's nothing like the epic real Darien Gap route through the Mountain of Death. And all, there's actually Montaña de la Muerte on the Mountain of Death. They don't go through any of that stuff. And none of the Chinese women coming through ever report being raped. All sorts of women are raped, young and old, and children and everything else. But not the Chinese. If this doesn't make sense to you, then you need to realize that America is under attack. In the book, Unrestricted Warfare, senior military advisors of the communist Chinese wrote that the only way for China to defeat the US is by deploying several levels of unconventional warfare. Direct military confrontation would not succeed. You can call it communism. You can call it globalism. Whatever it is now has complete control over the US federal government and is waging war against every single American. Life as we know it is quickly coming to an end, and whether you like it or not, the option to do nothing will soon be over. 
Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. You know, when this video was going on, I was just thinking we should uh, import a bunch of uh, uh, alligators from the Florida Everglades and put them along the uh, Rio Grande. I think that would be interesting. If the Rio Grande was loaded with uh, gators, both in the water and on the banks, it might slow things down a little bit. Hmm. There's a thought. Of course, if we'd uh, take those uh, National Guard troops that we took down to the border and uh, set them up with machine gun nests all along, every hundred yards or so, and gave them orders to... Uh, shoot at anything that enters the uh, river hmm. that might slow things down too but no that would not fit the uh, biden abominations uh, goals that's for sure well we got the last uh, 24 minutes or so Let's look at some of the things in the news. Getting jabbed for COVID increases risk of blindness study finds. Yeah, if you don't die. <laughs> A new large-scale study out of England has found that people who get injected for the Wuhan coronavirus have a substantially increased risk of going blind. Published in a Nash, uh, British journal Nature, the paper explains that the fully vaccinated for COVID have an elevated risk of all forms of retinal vascular occlusion in two years after injection. Compared with uh, the uninjected, those who obeyed Tony Fauci and other government liars have an up to 350% increased risk of suffering from some kind of visual impairment over the next several years. Not to mention dying over the next several years. The overall risk of retinal vascular occlusion in the vaccinated cohort, the study further explains, is significantly higher than it is in the uninjected. In case you are unfamiliar with such terminology, a retinal vascular occlusion is one of the most common causes of blindness. It occurs when the flow of blood from the retina where the blood vessel of the eye, uh, blood vessels of the eye are located, become blocked, and often, be, uh, often because a blood clot is blocking the retinal vein. Well, imagine that. You know what are we seeing? What with the, one of the videos we just heard from, with Greg Reese and all these uh, clots that are showing up everywhere in the body. The eyes have lots and lots of teeny tiny little blood vessels, and those things can be plugged very simply. And when that happens, there goes your vision. In other words, the blood clotting effects of the COVID injections, which are well documented, also impact people's eyes and ultimately their eyesight. COVID jabs block blood flow, which is necessary for life. Yeah, uh, Using the TriNAC-X network database, one of the largest healthcare and life sciences database data sets in the world, Researchers were able to pull data collected between January 1, 2020, when the so-called pandemic was just beginning, and December 31, 2022, when it had largely ended. Based on this, it was apparent that the COVID-jabbed individuals have a much higher risk 
than uninjected individuals of developing some kind of eyesight problem over the next several years with an overall hazard ratio of 2.19. The researchers also made sure to verify that the increased risk of blindness among the fully jabbed is unrelated to the so-called virus itself. (laughs) Yeah, because it doesn't exist. They did this by only including people in the study that had never previously tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. All in all, data on 6.7 million individuals was parsed from the TriNet-X network database. Of this number, 883,117 were injected and 5,871,737 were uninjected. It's important to note, as was also clarified in the study, that the vast majority, or around 80%, of people who had never tested positive for COVID were also uninjected. Conversely, most of the fully jabbed had previously tested positive for the disease. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you only have 887,000 or 883,000 versus 5,871,000. Okay, the study authors did the best they could to create a cohort ratio of 1 to 1, meaning that two groups of 7,000 or 739,066 individuals were evaluated, uh, one injected and the other uninjected. So they're basically, they're going to have that million, you know, basically three quarters of a million in each cohort, injected versus uninjected. The cumulative evidence of retinal vascular occlusion was significantly higher in the injected cohort compared to the uninjected cohort. Two years and 12 weeks after injection, the resulting data analysis showed. The overall risk of retinal vascular occlusion in the vaccinated cohort was 2.1 times higher, or excuse me, 2.19 times higher than that of the uninjected cohort at two years. Two years after vaccination, the chances of all subtypes, Bravo, uh, or BRAO, BRVO, CRAO, and BRVO, um, of retinal vascular occlusion increased significantly in the injected cohort. The study also compared the risk of uh, retinal vascular occlusion within 12 weeks post-injection which showed that the fully jabbed are 3.54 uh, times more likely than the uninjected to go blind. The life of the body is in the blood. The COVID injections cause that blood to clot. We have confirmed this in many other areas of the body, which also leads to stroke or heart attack. But in this case, we can also see that it impacts eyesight, which is dependent upon healthy blood flow. You know, another place that I haven't seen studies on yet, but I'm sure will be coming out, will be in the kidneys. The afferent arteries that take the blood to the uh, glomeruli, which are the little filtering units in the kidneys, are extremely tiny. They're like a tenth the width of a human hair. And in many cases, only one red blood cell can pass through there at a time. And that's how you get kidney failure in the first place, because it's, you know, the kidneys filter dirty blood. So when you get dirty blood going through those little tiny arteries, guess what's going to happen? It'll plug up. Imagine what happens when that blood also begins clotting as a result of these jabs. Bingo. Kidney failure. 
So that's just one more thing to look forward to if you've been jabbed with these things. Get yourself on some science-based clinically verified medical nutrition and or get yourself an Itericare one and start using it regularly and consistently. That may buy you some time and may actually help you get rid of that crap in your system and get back to normal. It's helped a lot of people so far who have been COVID jabbed that, you know, lost their ability to walk and all kinds of things within a few days of using these things. They're back on their feet. They're walking. They're moving around. They're not 100%, but they're like 85 to 90, which, given what they had to look forward to before that, is a miracle. ATF director grilled by Jim Jordan over possibility that millions of gun owners could soon become felons due to overreaching arm brace rule. Oh, yeah. You know, they had something for the longest time, these uh, gun braces that you could get for handguns. Uh, we're okay, and then all of a sudden, enter the Biden abomination, and well, let's let's get all these people to buy a bunch of them first, and then we'll change the rule without legislation, so it's not constitutional, and uh, we'll just make all these people into instant criminals. Bingo, that's what they're doing. Hmm. Biden regime's war on your appliances just widened with new attack on dishwashers. Under guise of climate change, yeah, they use a fraudulent, bogus thing that doesn't exist to push all their stuff. And as you heard from the one video, the next pandemic is going to be related to climate, climate, ugh, climate change. But farce. Biden regime continues to use the lie of human-caused climate change, which is a big, big lie, to voice unreliable and expensive electric vehicles on as many Americans as possible while also reducing our reliance on time-saving home appliances. Under the guise of fighting climate change, the regime has now proposed new regulations that target some of the most commonly used household appliances, including dishwashers. You know, in everything I've seen, dishwashers reduce the amount of water used, the amount of electricity used and everything else compared to hand washing your dishes so how could this be a problem well let's read forward and see according to fox business the department of energy has proposed new rules that would reduce the current limits for water and energy use in dishwashers the proposed rules would limit dishwashers to using 3.2 gallons of water per cycle uh, significantly lower than the current limit of five gallons the manufacturers would need to reduce their product's energy consumption by almost 30%, even though most dishwashers available on the market already meet or exceed the current federal standards. The proposed rules have left some questioning why the Biden abomination is focusing on such regulations rather than other priorities, like sealing the southern border. <laughs> dishwashers are not the only appliances Biden's DOE has set its sights on, however as the regulator is also considering crackdowns on washers, dryers, refrigerators that manufacturers say could reduce performance, Fox Business further noted. Members of the regime uh, have been clear. The rule changes pertain to Biden's climate agenda. Collectively, these energy efficiency actions support President Biden's uh, ambitious clean energy agenda to combat the climate crisis, which does not exist, just like his brain. 
the DOE wrote earlier this year. The abomination is using all the tools at our disposal to save Americans money. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're all going to have to get new dishwashers and washers and dryers and everything else to comply with these stupid rules. Uh, while promoting innovations that will reduce carbon pollution, which is baloney, and combat the climate crisis, which is also baloney. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, what a moron that woman is, stated in a Friday news release. Critics have also poked major holes in the regime's claim that the new rules are going to save American consumers oodles of money each year. Baloney! They're going to cost us. <laughs> and of course, if we comply, which I won't, the department estimates that consumers will save $3 billion over the next 30 years. Oh, goody. Or $100 million per year on their utility bills thanks to the rougher rules. This is such a crock. Man, these people think everybody's an idiot. Christian Britschke wrote at Reason. Uh, that's pretty small per capita savings when spread across the 89 million dishwasher-owning households. In fact, he noted that the new rules actually might lead to more water use. <laughs> yeah, because people will say, screw this. If I have to buy a new dishwasher, I'll just do them by hand. And I guarantee you that I use a lot more water uh, when I do hand dishes than I do when I'm if I use the dishwasher. We've got a brand new dishwasher we've hardly ever used. The new regulations might lead to more water usage as individuals switch to washing dishes by hand. This guy pointed out, citing research from Competitive Enterprise Institute. The think tank's proposal led President uh, Donald Trump's administration to approve new class of dishwashers that clean dishes in one hour, though Biden's team repealed the, the pro-consumer regulatory agenda of his predecessor. Of course, everything good Trump did, the first thing that Biden did would turn it around, screw it up. The proposed dishwasher regulations allow a recent debate over gas stoves or follow a recent debate over gas stoves at the national level. Despite Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, old Chucky boy, reassurances that there is nothing to be concerned about. Yeah, right. Then that means everything is to be concerned about. Just last week, his home state of New York prohibited gas stoves. Imagine that. Nobody is taking away your gas stove, Schumer tweeted in, the early, in early February. Shameless and desperate MAGA Republicans are showing us they will cook up any distraction to divert from real issues the American people want solved, like the debt ceiling. <laughs> that turned out to be 100% false, obviously. Yeah, of course, anytime Schumer's lips are moving, that's guaranteed proof that he is lying. Just like Biden. Nevertheless, New York lawmakers agreed to ban gas stove hookups in all future buildings in late April. The ban will affect new construction on small buildings in 2025 and move to larger buildings by 2028, Fox Business added. In the statement last month, Consumer Product Safety Commission Commissioner Richard Trumka Jr., a Democrat activist and labor union leader, suggested that stoves could pose a hidden hazard to users and that any option is on the table. However, after receiving backlash, Chairman Alex Honsark or Sark, clar clarified that the agency had no plans to ban stoves. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But in February, the Energy Department went ahead with a new proposal 
that would allow government regulators to write energy consumption standards for the appliances, the Daily Wire reported. Face it, everything these people say is a lie. Recycling plastic turns out to be worse than for the environment than just throwing it away. Recycling spreads microplastics pollution. Isn't that special? Once again, all these fancy things that they got dreamed up for the climate is just making matters worse. For several decades now, we have been told that recycling plastic is much better for the environment than simply trashing it. But is that actually true? New research published in the Journal of Hazardous Materials Advances uh, casts a shadow of doubt on the merits of plastic recycling, which appear to be massively overblown and possibly even fraudulent. Well, that's an interesting point. <laughs> to claim that, the, uh, that recycling plastic helps to protect the environment is simply not true, the study essentially found. And the reason has to do with the generation of microplastics, which now pollute oceans, lakes, streams, and rivers, and even farms where food is grown. Researchers both from Scotland and Canada collected and tested water samples at a recycling plant. They found that the water, which is used to clean plastic before it gets recycled, is loaded with toxic microplastics. Once a plastic bottle is washed... The next step in the recycling process is to shred and melt it into pellets, which are then reformed in to create new plastics. The problem is that this process generates a lot of microplastics which persists in the water and flows down the local wastewater treatment plant. Since many wastewater treatment plants are ill-equipped to filter out microplastics, all that hidden microplastic waste ends up flooding into the environment. Microplastics go straight through filtration systems, especially at the micron level. At the plants tested, water used for uh, was the water was used four times to clean the plastic before recycling. And researchers discovered the presence of micron-sized plastic particles in all four water samples used during each step of the cleaning process. In some cases, the water used to clean plastic at recycling plants never even makes it to a water or wastewater treatment plant and is instead just dumped directly into the environment or repurposed as irrigation water. All in all, the team estimated that 6.5 million pounds of microplastics are released into the environment every single year, all thanks to the recycling of plastics. Where, were all that plastic simply tossed into a landfill, it would not have the opportunity to taint water supplies and cause all kinds of health problems in humans and animals. Furthermore, the team evaluated a recycling plant that had installed a special filtration system to cap capture microplastics. That system captured about 50% of the particles, which is hardly enough to be satisfactory. Not only that, but the team only tested for microplastics down to a size of 1.6 microns. It turns out that microplastics can be a whole lot smaller than even that, which means the true concentration of microplastics is even filtered, uh, in even filtered water is still disturbingly high. Priority re or prior research has shown that some microplastics are so small that they are capable of entering individual cells in an animal's body. We can only assume that the same is true of individual cells in humans, which are more than likely contaminated with microplastics as well. 
Thank you, Greenies, for making things much worse again, wrote one upset commenter, pointing out (laughs) that the farce of recycling was obvious from the very beginning. Yeah, I've never recycled, never will. Another took a less harsh harsh approach, making the assumption that those in favor of recycling mean well, but are simply misinformed about the alleged benefits for the planet and the people. Well, that's probably true. Most of these people are just brain-dead, spoon-fed idiots that just follow the green leaders like AOC and all the other morons out there. (laughs) Let's not forget Greta, how dare you, Thunberg. Washing uh, recycled plastic and not measuring the microplastic detritus is scandalous on its own. But to then let the water to uh, let that water flow into the continuum and be surprised at the consequences is ludicrous. The person added, "Why not melt the plastic into useful products without washing the microplastics into the continuum?" The person further questioned. That's a good question. Why do you have to do that? You just use flame. It would clean it up in all that way anyway. Who knows? Well, let's see here. we got a few minutes left. ATF whistleblower exposes rampant fraud inside the agency. Yeah, thank. <laughs> good grief. Um, boom, 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 boom. Oh, here's one good. You know, home prices decline in 31% of U.S., Mostly in Democrat-controlled cities where crime and high taxation are rampant. No big surprise there. But you spent a lot of money on your house, and now it's third—you know—it's a whole bunch, worth a whole lot less because of all their stuff. Try to sell and move somewhere else. <laughs> Dutch government to seize up to half of the country's farmland under the guise of curbing nitrogen emissions. What a bunch of idiots! I'll tell you what. This whole world has just gone absolutely bonkers over this stupid farce of climate change. Will people ever wake up? Ah, children who get body butchered to become trans require more antipsychotic drugs post-transition, the study finds. Well, big surprise there. Let's see here. One of the claims often parroted by LGBT WXYZ square root of three and their allies purports that gender dysphoric children who undergo life-altering surgeries and hormone treatments end up better off post-op than far, with far fewer mental problems and improved health, which is a load of crap. Science, however, <laughs> tells a much different story. A conveniently overlooked study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine found that pretty much across the board, children with mental problems who tried to deal with them by cutting off body parts and taking gender-bender pharmaceuticals ended up needing more antipsychotic drug prescriptions after the dirty deed was done. Well, yeah, because if they want to be something other than what they are in the first place, that shows that they have mental issues that are extreme. And cutting off body parts isn't going to fix anything. It's going to make things worse. Researchers looked at the Department of Defense medical records of 3,754 trans-identified adolescents and 6,603 of their siblings who did not identify as transgender. All of the records came from military youth. They found that there is no improvement in mental health after going trans, and in fact, mental health appears to get far worse after the child goes 
uh, trans because of uh, slicing off body parts, wearing clothes of the opposite sex, and various other predominant accoutrements and of transgenderism do not provide the healing that transgender industry claims they do. And unfortunately, we're going to have to stop it there. We will be back in one hour, same uh, venue, same uh, same bat time, same bat channel, uh, with Mike Gaddy and Cal Robbins and uh, DW. And we'll be talking something interesting about the founding of this country and all that kind of stuff. So we encourage you to join us there. If not, we will be back Tuesday, same bat time, same bat channel, 10 a.m. Eastern. And uh, we will continue things on in this very time frame. So take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We will see you all soon, whether it's in an hour or next Tuesday. Take either way. Take care and enjoy some time with your friends and family. God bless. We'll see you soon.